think about where your soul is pulling you, like what area are you really passionate about and really deep dive into that with the ongoing education. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by AIF's network. With an unrivaled variety of continuing education courses for fitness professionals, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, Network can help you stay at the forefront of our constantly evolving industry. An elite subscription to Network provides unlimited access to more than 40 courses across areas from functional training and strength and conditioning to nutrition and women's health. And there's even a free subscription option too. Find out more at network.fitness.edu.au. Kate Krasnevsky, aka KK, is Head of Compliance and Training for the Australian Institute of Fitness and the new host of the Fitness Industry Podcast. Here, she chats with Oliver Kitchingman about her own early days as a PT, how club operators can help reduce team member attrition through focused mentoring and support, and the role that variety and lifelong learning play in forging a long and successful career in the fitness industry. Okay, welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thanks, Ollie. I'm excited to be here and taking the reins from you, which a um, little bit of a bittersweet moment, big shoes to fill, but looking forward to the challenge. I'm glad to hear it because I've been hogging the mic on the Fitness Industry Podcast for a, the past few years. So I think it's about time <laughs> that I pass the baton or the microphone on to you. So congratulations. Thank you. It'll be a, a new challenge, but yeah, really excited to take it on. Before you do take the reins, KK, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, no worries. So I've been in the fitness industry for about 18 years now, and I've absolutely loved every single day of it. I actually started by doing my qualification through the old AIF. So I'm an original AIF graduate, which is kind of funny to think how things come full circle. As soon as I finished my qualification, I went straight on to working on cruise ships because I really wanted to kind of jump in the deep end and learn as much. Through Steiner, I imagine, was it? It was Steiner, yeah, absolutely. So the cool part about that was I kind of had this great foundation of my education through AAF, but straight away they give you some extra training in areas like Group X and nutrition and sales. And then I got sent onto my ship and it was just a real intense nine months of just, you know, seeing hundreds of different types of people, which I just think really helped me kind of quickly get used to communicating to different types of people and all different body shapes and ailments, ages, ages, shapes and sizes, which was a very cool experience. A real baptism of fire for your first PT gig. <laughs> it was, yeah. And I can't, you know, I kind of felt I was in my mid-20s when I did my qualification and I felt like I was kind of starting a bit late. So I just wanted to really catch up. Like I felt like I was needing to play to play catch up there, which is part of the reason why I had that experience. And it really worked because I got back to Australia and I felt quite confident and I managed to secure a job straight away as a personal training manager in a inner city gym in Brisbane, which was amazing. And again, on top of that, I was I had about 30 or 40 clients per week, personal training. I was teaching Group X. I kind of always been that person that's wanted to keep variety in my role, which I think it's a, the industry is something that you can really do that in. So I was doing even some sales and some gym instructing and just pretty much everything under the sun just to continue my growth and knowledge in that space. The quintessential all-rounder, KK. Well, yeah, I, I kind of think I'm 
I don't have like a really obvious niche, but I feel like I have like a decent amount of knowledge in, in, a, in a few different areas, which I think really works for going on and becoming a trainer and assessor at the AOF, like being able to just support students across the board. After that experience, I worked for creative fitness marketing and all around different gyms around Australia running sales and marketing campaigns. So it was kind of out of the gym floor and into the more business side of things, which again was fantastic. I got to see like a dozen different gyms around Australia, travel internationally again a few times. Uh, with, uh, With Dave and Emmett and those guys? Dave and Emmett, absolutely. Learned so much from them, real mentors for my career and yeah, I just think that was a really amazing two and a half years traveling around with them. And then I was also the, the whole time kind of training people when I could, doing a little bit of like online remote coaching. But when I got back to Brisbane, I set up my own kettlebell training business and I was working out of gyms, just doing a little bit of contract uh, PT here and there. And then I got the role as a coach at the AIF which was an awesome opportunity and haven't looked back from my time with AIF nearly 13 years ago now. And now I am the head of compliance and training. So my role is looking after all of the programs, well as uh, the compliance requirements of which there are many for us as a registered training organization. But I still have some clients on the side. I still, up until recently, was teaching RPM classes. So I, I feel like I'm just passionate about the fitness industry all around. It's always good to uh, to hear when, you know, regardless of the role that people kind of graduate to or they, they weave their way on, on this career path through the industry, to hear them. So many people do keep one foot in the door, but just keeping a handful of clients, be they friends or family or or just clients that they've had for, for many years or just teaching the odd class just to to kind of, you know, uh, stay at the coalface, as it were, and, and see what the industry needs and, and what it's doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it definitely helps me in my role just to kind of fully understand what it is like on the day-to-day to be a personal trainer. And I genuinely just love helping people. And I, I can't, part of me is like, I wish I had more time to do it. But yeah, anybody that will listen to me wax lyrical about the benefits of fitness, uh, whether they are paying clients or not, I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> well, I know that you write a lot of content for various publications as well on, you know, as you say, the numerous, the boundless benefits of exercise <laughs> in its many forms. So you really do uh, take any opportunity to get the word out there, which makes you the natural choice, obviously, to take the uh, <laughs> brain to the fitness industry podcast. Oh, thanks, Ollie. Like I said, big shoes to fill from you. But yeah, I've loved working in the media a bit lately. I've been in the Who magazine a couple of times, which was like I've my kind of secret indulgence is reading that magazine every week. So that was a big moment for me. And yeah, regular, considered one of the body and soul experts now and life hacker. Yeah, there's a few of them that that kind of know to reach out to us. Prevention Magazine, which I think is is great. And I feel like with me particular, with my age, being a woman, I think there is a lot of interest now in body positivity and, you know, exercising not just for aesthetics, but exercising for all the other benefits. And that's an area I'm really passionate about. And again, I find it really easy to write content and create content on that. So I think that's why I've managed to secure these opportunities as well. There's been such a shift, hasn't there, in the in well, the time that you and I have both been working in the industry, to, as you say, to be much more sort of holistic. They're looking at the holistic benefits of exercise, so it's no longer purely aesthetic for some people. It may be, but I mean, I know that a lot of clubs 
have done their own research into the reasons why members are joining them. The onus has shifted hugely from being purely about you know, looks and aesthetics to, to being about mental health, to being about overall health and well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it seems crazy that it wasn't, you know, like 20 years ago, but it makes so much sense now. And I've loved really growing my knowledge in that space because I was, you know, I think if I knew that now and had that kind of view on it, I would have been a very different personal trainer back when I started and probably a lot more successful and been better for my clients. So it's definitely an area I'm really passionate about. So the industry is really crying out for trainers right now. What can the industry do to make personal training more appealing as a career choice? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think the challenge that a lot of gyms and people in industry face is that they're busy themselves, you know, and for them to take time out of working on their business or in their business to support new graduates get started is quite challenging. And I think to to be an educator, to be a mentor, to be a somebody that's providing professional development, it's not a real, it's not a natural skill to a lot of people. Like you can be an amazing, super successful personal trainer, but to sit down and actually transfer those skills to somebody else can be really challenging. So I think that, you know, with industry, there's always like that great tension. Like they're saying to us, give us graduates. And we're like, we're giving you graduates. And like, we want them to start straight away. But then you know, there's, there's only so much we can cover in the course. And I think we do a great job of in the certificate for in fitness, which is kind of like, I see it as the P plates of being a personal trainer. We're covering the foundations. And I think we do that really well, but the foundation is like the base of a triangle, you know, like it's really broad and we have to make sure that we are, people are getting the safety right and the basic anatomy right and the screening right and the basic is a programming right. So we find that our graduates have got all this awesome knowledge, but when they are in this new environment, in a gym, it's pretty intimidating, like it is for anybody when they start a new career path. So I think that industry have to recognise that and acknowledge that where they can invest extra support in that first, that critical kind of 12 months, uh, where we unfortunately do see a little bit of dropout when, when new graduates get started. And if they can't have the time to do that, which we totally get because a lot of businesses now are really stretched for resources, then maybe finding other ways to facilitate that ongoing education or facilitate professional development for those new graduates, knowing that it's that critical first six to 12 months that we really need to wrap our arms around them and continue the learning journey they've started. So, I mean, that leads us on quite neatly to, to the role that network plays, mm-hmm. um, and network being part of AIF with the ongoing education that it provides for personal trainers and the group X instructors, there's a, a lot of, there are a lot of niche courses out there. As you say, like if uh, the gym owners, the facility owners and operators can, can support their, the PTs in those crucial, those critical months when they know that a lot of PTs are maybe struggling to, to, to get into, get into the right groove. There's a role there for the employers and for the, for the managers and facilitators to sort of, to encourage the PTs and the PT team to undertake ongoing education with network or other other education providers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it can be something as easy as providing them with an hour or two, you know, in a gym to sit down and dedicate to their ongoing education a week. And I don't think it has to be a huge investment of time. And I think network is really amazing in that space because it's professional development, ongoing ed opportunities that are really affordable. 
and they're bite-sized. They're things that can kind of build on that foundation of learning and training that they have from being a graduate and just keeping that momentum going. So I think, you know, if, if people in industry, people that are providing these roles can't actively form part of the professional development, then just creating that culture of a professional development and ongoing education and where possible providing a space for somebody to study or a period of time where they can really invest in it. I think that that kind of stuff, building that into a habit, turning it into a habit is really important because like any career, you have to always want to be growing your growing your skill set and growing your knowledge. The fitness industry is really no different there, apart from the fact that you know, our industry is changing so rapidly and there's all, you know, it's, it's something that so many people have an opinion on and often bad information is easy to get hold of or information that's not from a reliable source, hasn't been critically analysed. And I think a lot of people don't understand how to, how to be the critical eye over that information and question it enough. So I think getting your information from a reputable source like Network is a way to kind of make that really efficient and give you the confidence in the, the concepts that you're taking on board. Absolutely. It's wise words, KK, very wise words. Um, <laughs> that I've learned for my many years with network, working in the industry, meeting PTs, group X instructors, owners, operators, people that have forged out real career paths, FileX at various events, uh, network memberships, subscription base, the people that have been around the longest and have the most successful, long-serving, you know, 10 years in the fitness industry, they're the ones who do invest in their professional development, continually attending events, face-to-face online, reading, listening to podcasts, completing online courses. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, there, there really is a correlation between investment in yourself and longevity of your career. So, I mean, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're new to PT, <laughs> you do very well to take KK's guidance to heart there. Totally. And, you know, I think the great part about working in our industry and, you know, I've met thousands, literally thousands of students through the AIF over the years and I know, you know, all of the team of the AIF, people are passionate, like the industry attracts passionate people. So all you're really doing with your ongoing education is just feeding that. It should feel effortless. It should feel like something that you want to do. So kind of like Think about where your soul is pulling you, like what area are you really passionate about and really deep dive into that with the ongoing education. And then also on the flip side, be honest about what your weak spots might be. And often it is business, it's sales, marketing, communication for people. So just as much as you're going down the rabbit hole of the things that you love, the things that are really easy to consume, maybe carve out a little bit of time to, to build on your, your weaknesses as well. I think if you, as long as you're doing both of those things, the education journey should be really satisfying and challenging, but you'll see, you'll feel yourself getting better as the as the time goes on. Absolutely. Look, it, it does go against uh, the natural inclination for a lot of PTs and a lot of fitness professionals, I think, because they're not always natural salespeople. But as you say, um, investment in that really is crucial. Yeah, and I think Network has some great courses on how selling fitness is different to selling a toaster or a, you know, a used car. It's kind of like there's not a single person that doesn't benefit what we're having to offer. So it's just having that belief in it and finding a way to communicate that that sits comfortably with you. And yeah, I think we've got some great tips in the network space on how to position fitness in that sales environment. So it feels less salesy to fitness professionals. Okay. With your experience and knowledge of the fitness industry, and you already you told us about your own 
initial career path as a PT. Knowing what it takes to succeed, if you were graduating as a PT today, and you know, obviously you're in the business of graduating thousands of PTs, what would your career plan look like? Yeah, that's a good question. And I do think, like I like to think I would crush it now if I graduated, but, you know, that's with 18 years experience. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like if I knew what I knew now, I would have done a lot of things differently. I think it is about going, okay, the first year, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable and just really mentally preparing myself for that hustle. And, yeah, like I said before, just deep diving into the areas that I'm passionate about because it's those things that will help set you apart from other people and also give that real, like I think the best trainers, they don't necessarily write the most, you know, fabulous-looking programs, but what they're doing they believe in and they have confidence in their approach. So for me early on it was doing kettlebells. That was an area that I really became really passionate about. I was fortunate enough to also go on and represent Australia in the world championships of Russian kettlebell lifting. So for me, that just, again, it's such, I really believe in that as a training tool. So that became a nice little edge to what I had to offer my clients. So yeah, like I said, follow your passion, but also be really honest, carve out that time in the week to work on yourself, to work on the business and to kind of be honest with yourself what your blind spots might be or what your weak spots are and be proactive with how you address those. And I'm, you know, again, I probably things would be different for me now because something like network is so accessible and affordable for people. There's so many great options on there. And yeah, I just think you've got to just see the ongoing education side of it as just like any other part of the role and really invest in it and enjoy it. And you will because you're passionate. You you wouldn't be in this industry if you weren't passionate about it. Very good points indeed, KK. Thank you so much for chatting with the Fitness Industry Podcast. And I wish you all the very best in your new role as host. Listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you found value in our many episodes today. I think it's 109 and counting um, over the past few years. So As of the next episode, I'll leave you in KK's very capable hands. For a huge range of online courses for fitness professionals, many of them fully accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, head to the network site. An elite subscription to Network provides unlimited access to more than 40 courses, plus big discounts on licensed courses from our partners. Go to network.fitness.edu.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career.